Anyway, welcome, welcome again to uh, another live edition. This is Fishing with Kyle, and tonight we're talking about Summer Chinook. And uh, we can touch on some sockeye stuff too. If any of you guys had any questions, we didn't, we didn't answer last night. But uh, we are jacked. See, my table is a mess, but I had to get out all my favorite toys. So, ready to rock and roll. Our flashers out. Yeah, spinners laying all over the place. It's awesome. You guys can see the mess of crap that's behind me. You'd be amazed. It's out of control. But we're hustling. We're trying to get everything ready. And uh, we're excited to be able to fish some Chinook and then pile on some sockeye. So, yeah, we're going to start out. It opens the 4th, the Upper Columbia, all the way to uh, Bridgeport with one little area that's going to open on the 16th from uh, Wells Dam up to Brewster, the bridge at Brewster. That's going to open on the 16th. But... Everything else is opening on the fourth, and uh, things are things are going good. We uh, we're excited. These summer kings are every bit as good or way better than our fall chinook, and and uh, we're pretty excited. We'll be fishing them into the early part of August this year, since we won't be out to the coast until the fourteenth. So, but anyway, um, Danny's here behind the camera. She's going to be answering or letting you know on questions and. Uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions, we can go ahead and, and go for it and see what we got. Start seeing if we can help you guys out or you want me to talk about something in particular or we can we can get going on anything. All right, we've got uh, Brett Jones watching. What's up, Brett? Dusty Cummings watching. Hey, Dusty. Uh, we've got uh, Stephen Davis. What's up, Stephen? Gino. Jeffrey. Gino, my man Gino. <laughs> Jeffrey is watching from Spokane, Washington. Awesome. Awesome. We got some Jim Catton on here. Mr. Catton. Um, cool. Slavic is from Slavic. He's yeah, back he's from back. Uh, Sean Summit. S sweet. So I'm going to show you guys something. You can see there's a lot of spinners out in front of me, and there's one color tied up. I'm going to give you guys a little. Nice. <laughs> uh, Sean Summit says, good stuff, buddy. Thanks for putting this together. Yeah, Can't man. Can't hit the water with you again. Uh, Chancey Cunningham. What's up, Kyle? Not much. Mike just, Mudd. Richland listening in. Just jacked. Excited. Slavic says, thank you so much for this broadcast. Appreciate the tips. The best from the Absolutely. best guy in the Northwest. I don't know about that, but... Uh... We did stay at a Holiday Inn Express once. All right. Uh, Adam Chilton. Adam. I know Adam's got some questions. He's got one. Let's see. Yeah. Here. How long will the Kings be open? It's going to be open pretty much the whole way through. The, the announcement today said from... Uh, Priest Rapids to below Rocky Reach, it'll be open till the end of July, and then above Rocky Reach through the middle of September, even the middle of October for a couple of sections. So we are we should be open and fishing with that double almost doubling of our Chinook forecast. We are in pretty pretty good shape to be running some trips and we'll be we'll be fishing till we're till we're ready to be gone, there'll be fish there to be caught. So we're excited. Middle of August, we'll be fishing, so we've got a lot of we've got open dates, especially toward the middle 
end of end of July, first week of August, we are uh, we're fairly open in that time frame, and there's a lot of good fishing to be had. You know, even first week first week of August, all the way through August, really. You know, we're excited. We're probably we're hit hinting with the idea of uh, fishing Brewster and the Upper Columbia a lot longer than we have in the past, and you know maybe even skipping out on that or on, on our Astoria stuff to fish up there longer, just because it's such a consistent fishery. And I don't know, putting the boat in with uh, shorts and sandals on and going salmon fishing in the sunshine is pretty cool. So, but if anybody's got any specific questions, we can go rigging, we can go baits, we can go spinners, we can go. We've got. We have some questions. Danny says we have questions. We so have questions. We'll go ahead and get to the questions. Isaiah Suarez is the Hanford Reach current too fast to troll for kings? Yes. Yeah. So if you're gonna fish the Hanford Reach right now, you're uh, you're gonna be anchoring close to the bank, and uh, and you're gonna basically be anchored up trying to hit travel lanes. And when I mean close to the bank, close to the bank. You know, you want to find pinch points. The sa those same lanes where guys are catching sockeye at, those are the same type of spots those summer Chinook are going to be pushed to. They're right in there with them. And I uh, think shallow pinch points, points. Um, you know, if you've got deep water below and you've got an eddy, you want to set up above that to where those fish have to come up and over, you know, around a corner. And you want your gear being right there. And then one thing, I used to fish the reach, uh, the upper part of the reach a lot. I used to fish out of Vernita and um, that can get pretty tough because the water fluctuations are so wild out of Priest Rapids Dam that um, you could be set up one one minute on a perfect slot and the next minute you're sitting over 15 feet of water when you were over six. So it's a little tough. I know the guys down toward Richland and stuff, they um, I think they do a little bit more better, more consistent. So uh yeah, that's my only advice for the reach. Beyond that, most of what I do anymore is is up above. Okay. Chancy uh, Cunningham, bumper length between weight and flasher. Sweet, man. I'm glad you said that because I got one sitting right here. So, I don't know. I don't know how long that is. Probably 24. Let's see. Let's look on my flasher. That's 200-pound mono. I ran something really heavy. Um, doesn't have to be 200 pound mono, uh, 50 pound or more, but, uh, I like these cause they get super tangled. I've actually probably had this one for two or three years and not broke it, but I don't know. Let's look at it on the flashers and 11 inch pro troll. So it's probably 24 inches, 24 to 30, somewhere in there is usually what I run, but, uh, yeah. Okay. We got Shane Phillips on here watching Shane Slavic. He says, do you use eight inch pro troll flashers for sockeye? Do you use them for anything else? The eight inch, the eight inch pro trolls. So they are a handy little tool. I've caught a lot of sockeye with the eight inch pro trolls. Um, I don't use them as much as I used to. I used to fish them quite often, but uh, I don't fish the smaller ones that much. I know a lot of guys will use the smaller ones for both Chinook and sockeye, but like I said, if I'm gonna fish for sockeye and target sockeye, I'm gonna probably run a Dodger and and be able to fish a little bit slower, you know, like these Rocky Mountain Tackle Dodgers or the 11 inch or the eight inch uh, Max Double D Dodgers. I'm gonna run Pro Trolls 
pretty much most of the time when I'm fishing Chinook. And actually, for these first couple of weeks, while this water's cold, below some of these dams where we like the fish, I'm not going to run any sockeye gear at all. I'm going to run spinners, and I'm going to tip my spinners with a piece of shrimp, and I'm going to fish for kings, and I'm going to probably get my sockeye too. But I don't, when that, when this water's cold, that you do not need to be fishing just sockeye gear to get sockeye. You, you'd be amazed how many, how much one of these spinners with a piece of shrimp or without it early in the year trolling for kings that you'll end up with a bunch of sockeye. There's years that we haven't, when we weren't able to keep sockeye, we couldn't keep the sockeye off. So get out there and for a while you can, while this water's nice and cold, man, catch them both. Did you talk about short bus flashers at all? I, short bus, I don't use short bus flashers that much. I, I have them. I've got some. Um, I'm just, I feel like I do better on the pro trolls and that's just, that's just personal preference. I know there's a lot of guys that do really, really well on the short bus, but for some reason for, I don't know if it's the speed that I fish, I fish fast. I like to fly around. I don't go slow. I mean, I'm cooking with my rods thumping and I just seem to get bit better with pro trolls. I mean, I've caught fish with the short bus, with the short bus flashers, but the pro trolls seem to do a lot more damage for me. And I know there's some other guys that think that way too. Okay, Tim, uh, Tim Strong says, are you fishing at 10 this year? Yeah, at I'm going to, at 10, yeah, I'm going to fish at buoy 10 this year. I'm going to be out there starting the 14th of August. And out there, I'm going to be running pro trolls and spinners and chokes. I run the same program. I'll go from Brewster to buoy 10. And I won't change my program other than I'll mix in fresh anchovies behind my, behind my flashers. All right, Corey. Uh, have you tried wobbling spoons to catch fall chinook salmon? No. No, I've never fished those wobblers on the fall chinook thing. I've always, everything, I've always fished them upriver. I just, when I fish fall chinook, I'm fishing either in Astoria or jumping up, fishing Hanford Reach. And further up that that anchor fishery around woodland and the mouth of the Lewis where those guys are fishing wobblers I've never really gotten involved in that I don't see why they wouldn't work in a bunch of other places but I've just never tinkered with it Megan Funk is watching or was watching how you doing Megan uh, Shane Phillips hey Kyle will below will Wells Dam be fishable the fourth that's a good question I haven't looked at flows because I'm not planning on being there until about the eighth but um, I know when there, when there's this much water around, that place can be crazy. So be careful. It's, it's hard to tell what they're going to do there. Um, I don't know, maybe somebody that's driven by up there in the last couple of days. I'm sure there's some local guys up there that could probably tell us that they're spilling water, but, uh, yeah, there's other options close by though. So I'll just say that. Uh, Dan Glenn. Yeah. What leader length do you run for spinners? I don't know. Anywhere from 36 to 40 something. I don't, I know other guys get kind of complicated. I tie mine all pretty long. Here, then I'll show you. I mean, I start them out long. And uh, I don't know, I've never actually really put a tape measure to what I end up cutting them down to. But, uh, 
course, one's got to be tangled. I don't know. Let's see what it is. I don't know. They start out at about like that, almost a wingspan, but I'll probably fish them, I don't know, somewhere like that, probably. I don't know, 30, it's at, yeah, 30, 36 inches, something like that. 36 to 42, somewhere in there. Yeah. Adam Chilton, uh, Mexican hat spinners and chrome 11 inch Dodger. They don't work, Adam. Uh, all right, Barry Howard is watching. Mr. Howard, Barry. James Catton, uh, are you using your uh, breakaway pro trolls? No, um, I still have some rigged up breakaway. I got tired of dealing with them, so I don't know. For you, buddy, I'll break out the breakaways. Uh, Josh Nation, Nations, excuse me. With cold and stained water, what is a standard leader length? Well... 30 to 36 inches? Yeah, for, I mean, if the water's cold and stained, I don't know. It's not usually cold and stained on the, that upper part of the Columbia because you have Grand Coulee Dam up there soaking up every bit of every everything coming into it. We've usually got a lot of visibility. So, you know, with, with cold water... I've actually found that getting the, I mean, when we're fishing in the spring, springers seem to like your gear a little bit further behind the flasher. So, but I mean, water temperatures are still in the six, they're still going to be around 60. So it's not going to be that cold. So prime time aggressiveness. I, I don't worry too much about leader length. I don't mind having them back there a little bit longer in the summer than maybe I would in the fall. But uh, yeah, minimum 36 inches. I don't really like being any closer than that sometimes five feet all right play with it jamie flannery kyle jones land dog says hi land dog <laughs> i will be booking a trip my friend that's awesome buddy i'm so stoked to hear you're doing well brother makes uh, me happy ike yenas long how long of leader with anchovies no no like that Wingspan. The wingspan. Kyle's wingspan. What's Kyle's wingspan? Five, nine, five, ten. Starts out at about six feet. By the time I tie three egg loops on a three hook leader, it's probably, I don't know, five and a half feet, five feet. I don't know. Something like that. I don't get too complicated. I just go like that, and then I tie my hooks on and go fishing. All right, Adam Chilton, fishing locations different for sockeye and kings? Mm, no. no, yes and no. There's a few places that are, but there's a bunch that are exactly the same. Um, Dave Hedden says it's dumping from wells all the way down. Perfect. At least on Monday it was. Thanks, Dave. Dave's the man. Yeah. So there you go, Shane. You're probably going to have a lot of water at wells. So fish lower if you're going to try to fish on the fourth. And you're going to deal with a lot of current everywhere you go. So yeah, there. this year could be a little different. There could be some other things in play. 
some anchor fishing maybe in certain spots that maybe guys haven't been doing it, but it's fun. That's what makes it fun. Every year is different. I know if I can't troll upriver in a decent clip, there's nothing wrong with just trolling one direction, running up and trolling down. So. All right, Slavic has another question. What would you use now? Brad's super bait slash kokanee plugs slash spinners. All of them until the fish tell me which one they want. Yeah, I mean, I, the, I fish a lot of the minis, the big ones. Lots of the kokanee ones. And then lots of spinners. So really, I mean, fish what you like to fish with. Don't get too hung up on it and let them pick. But if I was gonna fish tomorrow, I would have one of those on. I'd have one of these on. I'd have one of these on. And I'd probably have a couple kokanees on. So that's the benefit of running a bunch of rods is I can run a whole bunch of gear and then let the fish tell me what they want. But any of those, any of that stuff, especially with the way water temperatures are now, there should be, there should be a bunch of fish to be caught. All right, uh, Chris Smith, are fall or summer Chinook more aggressive? I think summer Chinook are way more aggressive. Summer Chinook upriver are way more aggressive. A fall Chinook and Astoria might be one of the most aggressive things you'll ever see on the face of the planet. But um, comparison between like a Hanford Reach fall Chinook and a summer Chinook upriver, the summer Chinook are, they're hot to trot, man. They, they all chase things down from a long ways away. They'll, they'll move a long ways to come get your bait. All right. Gino, Gino Thomas, uh, Robin and I want to fish Bridgeport. Will we catch more than our friends snagging fish? What? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. How many do they get a day, Gino? That's a good question, man. I don't know if you want to put me up against those guys. <laughs> those guys are pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. All right, Mike Burroughs, braid or mono at buoy 10? Braid, for sure. Uh, and the reason for that is there's a lot of trash in the water. And braid, if you get a little bit of debris on your line, you don't have as many just random break-offs from your line getting super twisted up as you do with, with, uh, with braid. Braid, braid, heavy braid, 65, 80 pounds is what I run, six, 80 and 65 pound. Heavy braid seems to hold up and do a, do a really good job. But uh, mono, guys, a lot of guys fish mono, but fishing every day, I don't fish mono. I don't, I like knowing I don't have to change my lines out all the time. And it's just the durability factor, being able to rip grass off, you know, all that kind of stuff. So. Jimmy Wu, how do you rig your anchovies? Oh man. I knew I shouldn't have talked about anchovies. I rig, when I'm rigging anchovies, I fish a th one, three hook rig. But this is just, a, I don't really fish anchovies anywhere else that I can't buy fresh anchovies. So I'm only fishing anchovies when I'm out on the coast. But I run a three hook herring rig, and the first hook goes through the middle of the bait, and the top hook pins down through their mouth. You get them bent in like a C shape, slight C bend, and uh, it's a killer rig. Pin their mouth shut, but yeah. Cool. Josh Nation says, thank you. Isaac 
says thank you. Or Ike. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. Michelle's watching. Hey, Michelle. I don't know if you're still watching. <laughs> uh, Ron Boyer, troll speed for Sakai and troll speed for Kings. Same or different? It really depends which one you're targeting. So, like I said, we catch a lot of Sakai when we're trolling for Kings, and obviously I'm trolling fast. And when I'm trolling for Chinook, I'm at least going two miles an hour. I mean, I, sometimes slower, but most of the time I'm cooking right along. But then again, it all has it all has to do with if I'm going upstream, it all has to do with the rod with the thump on this flasher, right? That flasher, I'm just I'm watching my rod tips, and I'm looking for a thump, big thump. I want the whole rod hard pretty much move when it thumps. Won't, won't, won't. That's about the cadence I want to go. You know. Just kind of like that. If I'm only barely moving, you know, I'm not going fast enough. I want that thing moving. And you know what? Pay attention to what the fish are wanting too. If if you're going and making turns and your inside rod's getting buried, maybe they want to go in slower. But if you've gotten bit on turns two times in a row, you probably just need to go faster. So sometimes if I'm going downstream, I'm going three and a half miles an hour. I'm cooking. So it's pretty cool when a fish climbs on it at almost four miles an hour and goes the opposite direction. But uh, Mr. Catton's seen that, seen that bite before. But yeah, I, and sockeye, but sockeye, if you're only targeting sockeye, you're going to want to be going slower. But man, I catch a lot of sockeye on Chinook gear, especially the first couple weeks. Later, later in July when the water gets warmer and they're all sitting in the Brewster pool, you know, then we'll definitely start going a lot slower and just targeting sockeye. But early in the year, man, you catch a lot of sockeye while we're fishing Chinook and hauling butt around. Slavic, favorite colors for super baits and spinners? I think my absolute number one favorite color on a super bait is rotten banana. I don't think anything else even comes close. But uh, rotten banana... Um, that dusky color is killer, you know? I mean, they all work really well. Seahawk, you can't be, I mean, I, I could I could sit here and tell you that I think there's like one hot color and then I'll go through my box and I'll find 10 colors that I don't feel like I can live without. So, um, if I had to have two, if I only had two super baits, especially for the summer schnook, it would be a Seahawk or a Rotten Banana. And if I could have three, There'd be a Mountain Dew in there. And then number one spinner blade, that one. That's the Bronco from VIP. They all make it. VIP makes it. That one's chewed on a bunch. That's a VIP blade, so that one's going to be out. But uh, Simon makes that color. I don't know. They all get, some of them have different names for it, but the Bronco colored spinner is probably my absolute number one. But uh, the Chartreuse Green Dot, Mexican flag, pink and pink and pink, pink and whatever. <laughs> I mean, it really, it's just every day. Rainbow colored spinners work great. I mean, the spinner blade thing can get pretty dangerous. I've got, I don't know where they are, but I've got a hole. I mean, every one of those slots, that's a different color. So, and they all catch fish a lot of the time. So, but yeah. I would just stick with a couple, get a couple of spinner colors that you have confidence in and, and go with it. 
especially like you Slavic with only a couple of rods out, you know, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in, in trying to have a whole bunch of different stuff. Keep Man, it simple. Manuel, uh, he says, what size of lead weight and depth you fish wampum dam pool? Wampum dam. I haven't fished at Wampum Dam for a couple of years, but in that place, the way the current rips around, I'd probably be running 12s. 12s and maybe even 16s. If there's a bunch of people, I mean, I, I don't have any problem running 12s and 16s. Um, and I'm not going to fish them all that deep. Maybe 20 on the counter. So we're only talking 15 feet down. Maybe even shallower. I mean, if you're marking fish deeper, go ahead. But I mean, a lot, a lot of the time when I'm fishing Summer Chinook, especially unless it's Brewster Pool. Brewster Pool, sometimes we're running 75 feet with a 12. You know, I mean, we're trying to get down in that trench, but those other fisheries, a lot of times guys are just fishing them too deep. Those fish will come up a long ways. Those marks you see on your fish finder at 15 feet, those are Chinook. So those big, those big heavy marks that you go, what the heck are those? They're, they're Chinook, and those are usually travelers and they're biters. So, and those fish, if you watch, if you watch your, your graph, you'll see fish come streaking in from a long ways to each of your fish above them. They can't see down. They can see up and in that clear water. They'll come up a long ways to get stuff. But yeah, that's, that's why that's one of my big suggestions for fishing around the dams and a couple other places. I mean, a lot of, a lot of times guys are fishing too deep, start shallow. I mean, if, you know, if you know that there's guys next to you and you can tell, I mean, you can kind of watch boats. You can figure out if they're fishing deeper than you are or not. If they're hooking more fish than you are, maybe you put out a few more feet. But, you know, don't don't go down past the fish to try to try to catch them first. A lot of times they're uh, pretty darn shallow. Perfect. Sometimes we can see our flashers. That is one thing I had to get really used to. I can look over the boat when the sun's high and I can see my flashers turning. And I, that used to bother me. I didn't think you could catch fish like that, but it's pretty cool when you're looking at that flasher down there and all of a sudden you see it take off in a random direction. Uh, that's way cool. Chansey Cunningham, how do you feel about the thermal barrier at Brewster this year with all the rain so far? Well, it really doesn't matter how I feel about the thermal barrier. It's either there or it's not, and it's not going to be there for a little while. So we need hot weather. If it doesn't get hot, it's not going to set up. And if it doesn't set up, then there won't be any fish holding in the Brewster pool. So watch watch temperature graphs. We need a week of 100-degree weather, you know, high 90s, 100. So I don't know that we're going to see that here anytime soon. There's a lot of water coming. So Brewster pool may, I mean, it might be one of those years it doesn't ever fish that great. So think about that. Don't, uh, there's other places to fish up there though. Not all those fish that go above wells are going up the Okanagan. So there's traveling fish up higher. So there's some, there's some spots typically fish better later in the year, but there should be fish there fairly early. But that, that Brewster pool, if the Okanagan's not hot, those fish won't be there. Uh, Cal Stocking, thanks again, Kyle. Great info. Corey, uh, let's see here. False Chinooks, where I fish them, they are very aggressive when you are throwing spinners from the shoreline on the Oregon coast. Cool. Yeah. Sean Joyce, uh, he's watching now. What's up, Sean? Oh, we got told we were frozen for a second. Oh. 
We have slow internet out here in the middle of nowhere, so bear with us. James Thompson, where do you launch above Priest Rapids? A bunch of places. There's there's a number of fisheries above Priest Rapids. I'm not going to get super super specific. I mean, there's a launch there. There's a launch below Wanapum. There's a couple of them, and then, I mean, I guess if you're looking to fish above Priest, I mean, there's a uh, there's the Huntington access and then there's right below one of them on the one on the, I guess, what would that be? The Grant County side, but yeah, a couple of them. They're, they're crappy. That launch right below one of them dam is a joke. It's, it's nasty. And yeah, it's got a couple big concrete things that ran. Somebody had a bright idea putting on the side of it. It's uh it's bad. And then if they're spilling water, it can be really rough coming over from that Huntington access. So, if you go to Wampum, be ready for it to be crazy. There's going to be a lot of water there. There'll be fish there, but there's going to be a lot of water. So make sure you guys know what you're doing and that your boat's running well. Jim uh, Schultz. Schultz. Tell Kyle, uh, hey Kyle, tell me about Hiller Bar in the fall. Would love to fish with you, Catton. In Yaman. Oh, Schulte. Yeah. Hey, man. Heller Bar in the fall is fantastic. Early October through mid-October, we're catching fall Chinook and Steelhead all in the same drift. It's awesome. We had a day up there last year where I don't even know how many fish we hooked. It was on the 13th of October. We had, I had a big group out with we had six boats total. I have no idea how many... I know my boat, we lost count at probably 30 and there was, there was, it was unbelievable. One of the best Chinook bites I've ever seen. So there's some awesome fish in there. The steelhead fishing's great. The Chinook fishing's awesome. I don't, I don't think there's the first 15 days of October. I don't think there's a better place to be than Heller Bar. All right, Sean Joyce, how do you like the new boat? Big difference for you, for customers? Oh, that new boat's sweet. The they love though. the seats. Yeah, they do. They love the seats. Seats bug me because they're big and wide and I kick them. But people love the seats. They love the windshield. It's pretty comfortable to lounge in there all day long. Yes, it's a nice, nice yeah. boat. Danny approved, so I got lucky. Uh, Dustin Gaylor, best trolling rig right now for American Falls Reservoir. Ooh. This is a, yes. This is a question for Mr. Brett. Yeah, Jones. Brett. Brett maybe, Jones, we need to know. Maybe Brett Jones will answer that one, but let me see if I can do it without getting yelled at. Um, <laughs> the last time that Brett and I talked trolling on the reservoir, uh, those fish were down 20-ish feet, 15 to 20 feet, and uh, Brett smashed them in a little while out there. Most of them are a little smaller right now. The big fish are going to be a little bit harder to catch, but um, limits of smaller fish in the like 14 to 18-inch range can be had um they're a little bit deeper i think he was running his downriggers at 20 25 feet something like that and just they were popping like crazy so we'll see if we get yelled at yeah i'm sure brett will, brett will probably chime in and answer that one uh ron boyer thank you kyle shane phillips thanks kyle gotta go see you on the 11th hey man yeah jennifer schreiner was watching hey jen 
Adam Chilton, do you use different gear to target if you are targeting only one of the species and uh, 65 pound braid okay? Yeah, 65 pound braid is what I'm, what I'm running, Adam. Um, yeah, I'm going to, if, if I've got customers that are only interested in sockeye, then I'm, then I'm going to, then I'm going to fish sockeye gear. But if we want to go out and catch fish, I'm going to use that first couple hour of daylight window to try to put some big Chinook on the boat. And then, you know, if the Chinook bite dies off, then maybe I'll switch to sockeye. But, uh, there's a lot of times we're getting both at the same time. So, but definitely, I mean, overall, if you're wanting to catch sockeye and you're not really concerned about Chinook, then, then fish sockeye gear. You're, you're probably going to get more sockeye. Um, but like me, I really, really default to, to catching summer Chinook. So, I mean, my, my boat's going to be targeting summer Chinook most of the days. I mean, a lot of the guys that have learned to have fished with me the last few years, I mean, we've kind of moved away from, from chasing big time sockeye numbers and those guys have really fallen in love with the summer Chinook. So that's what those guys are going to want to fish. I'm going to have some boats that want to fish sockeye and that's fantastic. That's kind of a game game time decision. But if I'm going to default and I'm going to fish, I'm going to fish for summer Chinook first and then take my chances catching sockeye later in the day. That's, that's my game. Okay. Dan says temp at the mouth today showed 61. Yeah. We got a ways then Dan. Yeah. We need warm water. If it's above, if that water's below 70 degrees, those fish aren't going to hold there. So couple of days of really hot weather will do it. There we go. Uh, Kevin Scheffler is watching. How you doing, Kevin? What's up, Kevin? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Chancey says, thanks for the info. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Gino says, what do you think of Rufus? Rufus Woods? Man, Gino, I've never even fished Rufus Woods. The pictures I see look really, really cool. There's a lot of fish, a lot of big trout up there, but I've never even fished it. Eric Swanson, can't wait to see you in Astoria. Yeah, buddy. James Catton, see you in a week. Tight lines. Yeah, see you, James. And that's all we Mr. have for Jim. questions right awesome, now. Awesome, guys. Well, we're excited. If, if you can't tell, I'm excited. I mean, summer Chinook is really what I what I love to do up there. It's what I really like. I mean, watching those fish smack a big setup, hauling around and peeling off 200 feet of drag is pretty awesome. So I'm excited to go fish summer Chinook. And uh, yeah, we're going to be out there on the 8th with uh, Mr. Captain there. So yeah, we got, we got more questions. All right. Slavic says, when you come to a new place, what's your battle plan? Where do you start? So like you said, you had to fish somewhere. Yeah. How do you prepare yourself? So if I've never fished somewhere before and fresh time going somewhere, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to figure out what about that place reminds me of somewhere else that I fished. And I'm going to take what I know from somewhere else and start there and apply it. So I don't know if that helps that much I'm, I'm gonna figure out what the guys you know you, you can online there's so many resources available you can kind of figure out the general program 
And if it's something that's in your wheelhouse, like, like I know you like to fish at the confluence down in the snake in the clear water. And so that super bait pro troll game, you know, you've already got that, that pretty dialed. And so that, that program works for salmon in any troll fishery in the entire Columbia basin. And so, and even on the coast, some of the coast, the coastal stuff, it's starting to come on and it has for a while too. But so I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to apply it to where I'm at. And then I'm going to branch from there. So hope, hopefully that helps. Uh, Gage Bates, go to Superbait for Brewster. Question mark? Yeah, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my go-to Superbait? Oh, go-to. At Brewster? There you go. Um, I don't know. If I had to pick one, if I got one pick out of off my board, it's going to be a rotten banana. But, I mean, that's a lot of other guys to pick, too. Hot tamale, hot lava. Yeah, there we go again. I'm about to rattle off a whole bunch. If I could have one off the rack and I never got to fish another super bait ever again, it would be a rotten banana. Okay. Uh, Dave Looper uh, is here. Says, Looper here. Good stuff, buddy. Good luck. Jansen Cummings is here. Jansen. <laughs> we love Jansen. Yeah, man. Uh, David Looper says again, probably see you in Astoria. Awesome, buddy. Coming back up north. And then Ron Boyer shrimp video. I filmed it and it's still on my GoPro. So be looking for that. It is, it is filmed, but uh, like I said, country bumpkin internet, man. I'm still trying to upload the video from last night of our live feed to get it on YouTube. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits being out here, but there's... there's yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The internet connection for uploading things to uh, to the tube or the Book of Faces is a little slow. So, <laughs> bear, bear with me. I in, in my world, I would have that video up earlier, but I'm waiting. So, appreciate it, though. But it is done and coming. Brett says thank you some info for AF. I don't see it. I got my oh. podcast going, so I'm not going to be able to see it, Brett. Or unless he sent it to the person. Oh, okay. Maybe Brett and I could get on here sometime and have a have a live battle royale. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be entertaining. All right, so we talked about trip video. Uh, Paul Goulet. Sorry, came in late here. Great info. What is your hook setup for your super baits? All right, that's a really good question. Big switch switch size super bait. You want to know how I rig a hook on the minis or the big ones? Because I got I do it a couple different ways. I'll just show you guys both ways. Um, so last couple of years on. I've run every hook setup known to mankind, and I'm sure somebody else is going to tell me their hook setup's awesome, and I'm sure it is. They all work, but I've gone back to running two trebles on my super baits, my big super baits. I run two number two treble hooks, and uh, this is a rig, I the setup I had tied up last year. I'm actually now running these a little bit closer together and having them at the back, but... That's been a killer, 
killer setup. I think it puts just as many fish in the boat. I've run three singles. I've run two singles. I've run one big treble. I've run, uh, you name it. I've run a side wash in a treble. I've run a single in a treble, two trebles in a single, every hook setup. And at times they all suck. So I've run one big side wash, two small trebles. I mean, every hook setup known to man. And I've just come back around to just running two troubles. So, and then the hook setup that I'm pretty set on, on the mini super baits. And again, I've run a bunch of different ones. This is just the one I've settled on. So I run two four-aught owner cutting points and they're spaced out about two and a half fingers. That's been the setup that, and I actually run these with a bobber stop and I set the back hook right at the back of the, but you can run, some guys start to run two trebles, one treble. I've got buddies that run one single number two treble on the back of those, do really well. There's a bunch of hook setups, but that's just the, that's the one that's worked out for us the best on those. So great question. Maybe that can help somebody else not pound their head against the wall. That being said though, one time I went like, I don't know, I probably had 18 or 19 takedowns on three different hook setups at Brewster and got like two of them. So if the fish aren't in the mood to eat your baits very well and they're just coming up and nipping at them, it doesn't matter what hook setup you have, you're gonna lose some. It's inevitable sometimes. Absolutely. All right, Aaron. Thanks for the great info. Love to set up a trip with you. Sweet. Let's do it. Call the boss lady. Our office phone on our website, 208-669-1569. There we go. <laughs> Danny will get you hooked up. She will actually return your phone calls. If you have my number and you call me and you've talked to me before in the past, you know at times that I am very difficult to get a hold of. So that's why Danny said no more and took over answering the phones. So she's awesome. She's a lot nicer to talk to on the phone than I am too. <laughs> Uh, Adam Chilton, good place to get shrimp in Wenatchee. Uh, hooked on toys. They'll have whatever you need or this or sportsman's. And, uh, if you're going to buy it, I buy Columbia Basin bait. But, uh, like I said, I, I do my own, but if I'm going to buy it, I buy Columbia Basin. There's other good ones. I think too. Dave Hedden just mentioned that down here. Hooked on toys for shrimp in Wenatchee. Bam. I'm sure Dave stocked him up too. All right. Where was I? Okay. Ron Boyer, we'll be watching for it. Thanks for your time, Kyle. Oh, thank you guys. Uh, this Brett is awesome. says, I'm in. So that's, <laughs> that's in for the Jones showdown. Oh, man. Uh, Ron Boyer says, Brett's going to yell. <laughs> Brett does yell. Oh. Even when he's being nice, he's yelling. All right, Dave, head in. <laughs> oh, I already said that one. Hooked on toys for shrimp and Wenatchee. Yeah. Uh, oh, dang it, Bob. It says the picture's bad. I'm sorry. Our internet. Our sometimes. internet. Sorry, Bob. Uh, Ron Boyer. <laughs> Poor guy has dial-up, it sounds like. 
Uh, it's not dial-up, but it's not much no, better. No, I think he was talking about maybe somebody else. Oh. Because uh, Ron says his picture is great. And then Slavic says pure tuna or scented. And what is your favorite scent, Kyle Jones? He didn't say it like that, but I just added some pizzazz to thanks, it. Thanks, um, Both. Um, I always have just regular tuna. And then I'll almost always have a batch that's uh, scented up. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, don't don't mix all of your tuna in one batch and put scent in it and then have that one not work. Do smaller little batches. I'll have one that has nothing going. I call that the control. That one's on rods. And then I start messing with the other ones. And the scents that I use, I use the super dipping sauce. Garlic or, or the garlic the garlic scent is killer. Um just don't overdo it with it. The salmon scent is great. The krill. Anise krill, anise, the shrimp, all of Jared's stuff is, uh, it's really good. And I've fished it for a long time and yeah, yeah, I'm happy, very happy with it. And I'll keep, I'll keep fishing it cause it puts fish in my boat. So, but there are days when they don't want any of that and they would rather have just the plain tuna. So there's lots and lots and lots of good scents out there. Um, try them all. I'm sure they would love to take everybody's money. Uh, Jeff Leborn. Jeff Leborn. Leborn. Superfly. Oh, it's Jeff. Nice. Now, now I get his joke. I get it. Can you start over? I just logged on. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> Jeff actually sells some of the coolest flashers ever. They're not these, but uh, they're the Spin Doctors, and they are good. So there's a. I don't fish the the super bait or short bus ones but the other flasher that i do fish is the spin doctor and jeff sells them so. uh slavic thank you guys you two are the best team thanks hey thank you sometimes we're not so sure but sorry. <laughs> uh jeff again we were talking about door shack co kokanee yeah how about those kokanee <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, Corey, he says, do you put tuna in your super baits? Yes. To catch fall Chinook? Yes. Always. And that's it for right now. Yeah. Uh, fall Chinook. Yeah. In the river. Absolutely tuna. When I'm on the coast, tuna and anchovies. I cut up fresh anchovies and put them in my super baits out there. Hey, did you talk about the uh, Chinook opening? Isn't that what happened just today? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Did you already mention it? Yeah. Oh, I missed yeah. it. Chinook opens on the 4th of July for the Upper Columbia. Yeah, it's a big deal because we thought it was going to open up on the... We didn't think we were going to get it till the 16th. So, and we weren't even sure about that. And how so, many Chinook? Two. Two adult Chinook, two adult hatchery Chinook limit, plus two sockeye right now. The Upper Columbia is the best chance to be able to actually load up on more than one fish. Yeah. Ter terminal fisheries, guys. Terminal fisheries. When we're allowed to fish 
where the fish are going, we can keep harvest more fish and we can fish longer. If only we could get our Idaho Springers here to have terminal fisheries on, but that's a whole another discussion. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Let's see. Adam. Best color 11 inch Dodger. Chrome. Is that what you're saying? Chrome. Okay. And then chrome, and then chrome, and then chrome. And then every once in a while, you do that to it. But chrome. Just buy the chrome ones, Adam. Hey, do you think they'll raise the sockeye limits, says Jeff? Keep your fingers crossed, man. This seems like there's a lot of fish. We've uh, had higher limits on less fish, so I'd sure like to see them. But I'm happy to have Chinook. <laughs> Uh, Ron Boyer really wants us to post our uh, shrimp video. <laughs> he says, okay, get off here and lower your data so the shrimp video. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to try a different way to get it out faster. Maybe um, I'll just record it on my iPhone off of the playback on my GoPro. I don't know. That's hilarious. We'll figure it out. Brett Jones. Brett Jones. Brett Jones. What do you have to say, Brett Jones? Can you use super bait for trout? Brett Jones asked me that? That's what Brett Jones said. I don't see why not. Tell, ask Brett Jones what happened when I told him to fish him for lake trout. Okay, Brett Jones. We need an answer. Um, Paul Goulet. Barbed or barbless hooks? So I just read that yesterday to try and figure that out. So, above... 395 in Pasco, the way I read it is there's no barbless restriction. So on our stuff from that's not managed as the lower Columbia, which is 395 bridge in Pasco down is managed differently in combination with Oregon in a compact between Oregon and Washington and our stuff that's managed by just Washington. So the Hanford reach up the way I read it is that it, it, there's zero mention that barbless hooks are required for anything other than sturgeon fishing. So read it for yourself. Don't take it from me, but you know, read through that mess. That's what I got out of it. So, um, Matt Latuala, what? Oh, my friends, I miss you. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Jesse says, is a Wanapum pool two sockeye and two chinook? Yes. Slavic, do you use lighted flashers? Yeah, I used to have a light stuck on this one and it fell off. But uh, no, I mean, I would, but they're five extra dollars. <laughs> so for five extra dollars times six around the boat, 30 extra bucks just to have one with a light on it. Uh, I've caught a lot of fish in the dark on regular chrome flashers, so. But yeah, I'm sure at some point, but yeah, when they're 22 bucks. Adam says, you and the boss lady are awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for all you do for us. Thanks, Adam. Thank, for you, thank you thank guys for exactly. all you do for us. My goodness, 
dream of just fishing for a living and stuff and then actually having it come true because of your guys' support, it's incredible. We thank you guys. You're the backbone of our business. We, won't, we don't have a business without customers. Chad Lowe, average length and weight of the sockeyes. I don't know, they're like 19. I don't know about this year. I haven't caught it. Some of those guys that are fishing in Tri-Cities chime in. But, um, I don't know, usually they're anywhere from like 19 to 24. 24 inches would be a big one. So, I don't know, two and a half to, to three and a half pounds, four pounds, something like that. Maybe a bigger one every once in a while. So, pictures I've been seeing make them look about the same. So, I don't know. I haven't fished. It varies by year. Some years they're a little bigger. Some years they're a little smaller. But they are delicious, though. They, yeah, for what they lack in size, they make up for on the table. They are unbelievable. They're comparable to a Springer. So, I get marching orders to go get sockeye. So. Really good. Yeah. Really I have good. to get carne asada from Bridgeport and sockeye. has to come home in my cooler when I come home. Mm-hmm. Carne asada. Yeah, and if you guys have never had some of the best carne asada in your life, stop at the Mexican grocery store in uh, in Bridgeport and walk all the way back and get their carne asada mix. It's unbelievable. You'll thank me for it. It's fantastic. Just don't get it all before I get there. Exactly. Oh, man. Chasing chrome. Ethanol, ethanol or non-ethanol? And he's laughing at himself. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Not ethanol. <laughs> that's that's our last question. That's right great. Now. Yeah, not ethanol fuel. Ethanol fuel sucks. But yeah, sometimes we don't have a choice. Anyway, guys, thank you guys so much. So I'm sure this probably went. I don't know. I can't see the clock, but a while. So thank you guys so much for chiming in. If you have any other questions, or if you want to see any of our answers, make sure that this video. We'll post this video after we're done to. Facebook, and um, at some point, whenever last night's finally gets up on YouTube, this one's going to get in line after the shrimp video. So this, this one will be on YouTube. You can listen. I've got this recorded on our podcast, Fishing with Kyle, and that can be found on Spotify. So get that on your download. You know, I'm trying to, trying to do that pretty regularly and might just start popping on there randomly when I have something completely random to say and talk about. So... Might be kind of fun. So, but if you guys have any questions, anything thought provoking, something, whatever, we can go anywhere. So, really appreciate it. Hopefully, we're helping you. God bless you guys. Mm. Stay safe. Have a good one. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. I really hope this is still. Yes, 50, 50 minutes, Danny.